Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now are Ute Insider, former Ute quarterback Frank Dolce with us on the big show. Hi, Frank. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, how, how does the connection sound? Are you, is it good? It yeah. Sounded, yeah, it sounded fine. Okay. All right. I have a little static in my ear, but as long as you can't hear it, then we're good. What are you doing, Frank? Like uh, hiking the Uintas or something? What's going on? Jogging. I'm jogging up a 15% grade right now. Wow, you don't even sound winded. No. <laughs> I'm jogging up Jerry Rice's training hill. Hmm. Training Back, regimen. Did, backwards did, on your hands. Yep. Did you see that, by the way? I mean, it's no wonder that guy was so dominant during his career. And even now, just his the, the stuff he put he just put himself through was... Unbelievable. Frank, think about what kind of quarterback you could have been if you'd had a receiver like that. Oh, the, well, look what happened to Steve Young and Joe Montana. I mean, it's it'd be very, would you consider, very, would very you, similar. Would you consider oh, very similar? Of course it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I think, that's the way I think of it. Joe Montana, Steve Young, and Frank Dolce. Right there. I just didn't have the I just didn't have the weapons available. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah you didn't. Would yep. you would you consider Jerry Rice one of the top five NFL players of all time? Oh, top five NFL players? That's a good question. He has to be up there. Is that too high? I, it may be too high because he. But but he was dominant. I mean, he was dominant at his position group. So if you're going to say certainly top five receivers of all time, but then if you start going across the landscape of professional football, I mean, where do you put Lawrence Taylor and where do you put Joe Montana and where do you put Guys like Tim Deacon Jones and Dick Butkus, and because those, then you're up at a top five already, and and we haven't even talked about Jerry Rice or Lynn Swan or John Stallworth. I mean, there there's so there's just so many guys that uh, that would have to be considered for that top five. I'm not sure that Jerry Rice, yeah, he would be in the conversation, but I'm just not sure he gets in the top five. That's that's wow. That's rare air. Certainly top five wide receiver. Maybe top three. I say he's number one. Oh, number one for I, I think he's number one for sure. But you know, this is you sports also radio. Think we that can Oregon argue. is number one. Oh, you I are still do. On your Oregon, <laughs> you <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> I know you do. Well, listen. I was eating. I felt like I was eating crow a little bit after Washington lost to Stanford for the sixth time on the farm in a row so and then but but Oregon wasn't overly impressive in their game I wouldn't be surprised if if Washington figured out how to beat Oregon it just goes back to my theory every team in the Pac-12 is beatable on any given Saturday well that plays kind of right into what we were talking about Frank and if you look at the Beavers um, they're they're not terrific. Utah should win and and should win fairly easily. But they they're showing some life as a program, specifically offensively. They're coming off that win over uh, UCLA, who's who's not terrific. But the the Beavers are no longer maybe the automatic win they have been the past couple of years. I don't know that it's been an automatic win for Utah in in the whole history of the Pac-12. It feels like that game for some reason. 
you know, it, it's it's that game. It's the games against Arizona and Arizona State in years when you think, well, Utah should go in and they should dominate. They should win that game. And and all of a sudden, Utah figures out a way to let, you know, one of those teams hang around and makes it really interesting at the end of the game. There was, there's been times when, I mean, I, I talked about this a week ago or so, so that, Utah went up to Corvallis. I believe Travis Wilson was the quarterback, and in a te- you know in a game that Utah should have won fairly handily, they they just figured out barely how to win at the end of the game. And in that game, I think I think that Travis Wilson only had like 97 yards passing total on the day. So. This is a game, if you statistically you look at this and you say, well, you know, Oregon State's last in the conference in, in yardage, rushing yardage allowed, well, that certainly fits into Utah's game plan. They're giving up almost 300 yards a game, and they're giving up 30-plus points a game, and, and, you know, Utah's turnover margin looks really good heading into this game, and the quarterback hasn't thrown an interception, and... All of those things look really good. Utah's number one in pass efficiency, really good for Utah going into that game. But it just seems like it, it turns into to a struggle sometimes. I think Utah should, should, win, should win this game, and it shouldn't be in doubt. But, but you know, it's, it's, it's also one of those games the history says, well, maybe proceed with caution. Okay, so along those lines, construct a Utah loss for us. What would have to happen? A Utah loss. Utah wouldn't be able to run the ball effectively. Uh, they get themselves into a, the negative in a turnover scenario, and for whatever for whatever reason, they're not able to control the run game of Oregon State. Oregon State's going to want to establish the run at all costs. A little bit, even though Luton is a pretty good quarterback, and and he's an also a guy that hasn't thrown an interception. But but uh, Oregon State's going to want to run the football, and if they can do that, and Utah on the other side can't run the ball, and finds themselves giving the ball up, then I think it becomes a a, a long day for the Utes. You know that, that those are those are the things that have happened in Utah losses. Arizona a few years ago. You know, Utah goes in there with a number one rated rush defense in the conference, and then Arizona ran for 350 or 360 yards in that game. It was un- unreal, and Utah loses that game. So I think that's how it would have to come apart for Utah. Frank Dolce with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If Zach Moss were able to return, uh, what does that mean for this club? I think it means, to, to be you know, completely honest, I think it means more for Zach Moss than it does for Utah, especially if you look at just, and I'm just going off the numbers, if you look statistically at this particular matchup, because Utah should be able to run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, and be very effective in that part of the offensive game plan without Zach Moss. So I would say unless Zach Moss is 100% healthy, then you know maybe you let him heal for another for another week but all of that said i think the game is more important individually for zach moss to find his way back onto the field because i think he with the with the injuries he's had the last couple of years and now in his senior year with his 
opportunity to play at the next level coming down to the next several football games, I think that he has to put something on tape. I mean, I think he has to give those scouts something something to look at. And, you know, traditionally, running backs aren't really taken that high in the draft anyway, and there's lots of running backs available. So even though I think we all believe that he is supremely talented and he makes Utah's running game from a very good running game into an elite running game, uh, I think it's it's more important for Zach to get on the field for him than it is for Utah this this week in particular. Frank, earlier we were talking about the development of Tyler Huntley. Will you break that down for us as a former quarterback? What are you seeing in his game that is coming around? Well, the the biggest there's there's a couple things that I think he's doing really well right now. Uh, one is when he, he, first of all, he doesn't put his team in bad situations. So he's not necessarily throwing the ball in the coverage. And it looks like he would sacrifice a potential completion uh, for keeping possession of the football and not risking an interception. I think that's, that's number one. That is supremely important. And if you know anything about Coach Whittingham, you know that's supremely important to him. The second thing is I used to describe – Tyler Huntley in a scramble drill as running around with his hair on fire. And that's what it looked like to me. He would, he would prematurely break out of the pocket and immediately the ball was tucked under his arm and he was, he was doing whatever he could to figure out how to gain some yards on the ground, put his team in a positive situation. Not, nothing against his effort, but, but in terms of quarterbacking, maybe that wasn't the best thing for him to do. Now it seems like he's more willing to stand in the pocket. And when he does leave the pocket, then his first thought is, is there somebody downfield? Can I find somebody downfield while I'm maneuvering away from pressure? And then if I have to run, I will run. And, and then he's been, really, he's been really good throwing the ball downfield outside of the pocket. So I think that's a huge step forward. This is a guy that from the very earliest of ages, when he started playing football, who knows, 8, 9, 10 years old, he has been able to rely on his athleticism, which is, for, for, for all of his life, has been better than anybody else on the field. Now, that's, that's equalized at, at this level, and so his athleticism doesn't always get, get him out of trouble. But that's a hard switch. To, to make, to all of a sudden not rely on something that for your entire life has, has been very successful and then to change that mindset and, and try something else and to do something else under pressure situations. And I think that's what he's been able to do. And, and that's not only a credit to, to Tyler, but, but that goes back to good coaching, I think, from Andy Ludwig. Frank Dolce with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, Frank, two-part question for you. All your years as a player, well, actually, this is the first part, all your years as a broadcaster in the Pac-12, what was your least favorite road trip? And then all your years as a player or broadcaster, what has been your least favorite road trip? <laughs> I, you know, uh, I, I don't think I had a least favorite road trip in the Pac-12. I grew up a fan of the Pac-10, and so I was always, I, that kind of felt like, uh, you know, just 
supreme luck for me to go out and, and be able to go to all those games. If I had to, if I had to, I would say that going to the University of Arizona was my least favorite road trip. Even though people would say things like, well, what about Corvallis? And, you know, what about going to Washington State? And those were, I thought those were kind of fascinating road trips and, you know, the places we got to stay. So, so I would, I would put University of Arizona right up at, at the top of the least favorite. And then I know I'm going to offend a lot of people when I say my least favorite of all time, but if you ever traveled to this place at any time of the year, and especially to call a football game, you would have to say Laramie, Wyoming was the, <laughs> was the least of all of the road trips available. Laramie, Wyoming was and no, nothing against the people of Laramie, Wyoming. Fine, fine people. That place was always the same color, no matter the time of year. It was just brown. Everywhere was brown, and it, it didn't matter if it was early in the year or late in the year. It felt like it was, you know, 30 degrees below zero. In fact, I think one game was a negative 9 or a negative 10 on the field during the game. So, uh, and, and one time, Bill Marcroft and I actually – the buses left. I still hold this over the head of Coach Ron McBride, who was so upset after a loss that he gathered everybody on the team buses, and they left, and they left the broadcast crew, Bill Marcroft and me, at the stadium, which was no fun to be stuck in Laramie for several more hours. What did you do? Fortunately, there was a TV crew available who had to do a post-game report and so we hitched a ride back with the with the TV guys in the back of a uh, in the back of their car. But it but we had to sit in the stadium freezing in Laramie for about three hours until they completed that. Were you a that, part, uh, Frank? Were you on the call that year when that storm hit right as the game was coming to an end, and it just it. it it just piled up. I don't know whether the Utes flew into Laramie on that trip or whether you were bussing or what, but it was, let's put it this way, the snow was going sideways and the interstate got closed down for about four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, I've been in, I was involved in all of those, all of those games and that one in particular was, uh, that, that was, that was rough. And you know, it's just Laramie is just an interesting place. It's 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 like a you know you know you have to be a, a, a certain kind of toughness to to grow up and to and to live in Laramie, Wyoming. And and that's you know you felt like you'd really accomplish something something if you spent a weekend there. Right now, Frank, uh, the Cardinals are beating the uh, the Atlanta Braves twelve zero in the third inning. Did you ever really catch a beating or deliver one in your career? Let's see. We, uh, we, not when I was at the University of Utah. We, we didn't, we, well, let, let me just say this. When I, I redshirted my first year at the University of Utah, and we went down and we played at San Diego State. And at that time, and now I'm forgetting his name, but it was Mark McGuire's younger brother who was the quarterback at San Diego State. And, uh, and in that game, 
We we did. We 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 took a beating, and I I witnessed that whole thing from the from the sideline. And I was actually up in the press box with the coaching staff, kind of helping, trying to help you know diagnose what was going on. And and so that was a that was a difficult that was a difficult matchup. Um, but and and then on the other side, we never really. Uh, delivered a beating to anybody. The most, uh, the most that I would say is that we had one game at home in 1992 against New Mexico, and it was in some some weather. And there was one, there was one particular play. It was just a, it was a very simple play. It was a pitch. Uh, it was like a sweep. It was a pitch to the running back, single back formation. You run to the tight end side. And for whatever reason, that play, we hit that play early, and we never went away from it. And New Mexico could never stop it. So I may have thrown a total of 10 passes in that game, and we ran the ball for hundreds of yards in that game uh, with, with Pierre Jones and Keith Williams on one particular play, just a simple pitch to the running back. By the way... Uh... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Great music. Mark McGuire's brother was Dan McGuire. Yeah. And he, yeah. Uh, he, he, I, I interviewed him uh, once for something. I can't remember what it was, many, 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 many years ago. But uh, he was like, what do you like, six, eight or something? Six, was, was six seven, or six, eight. Yeah. 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 So I, I went and, you know, I, I shook his hand after the game, and he, he was a giant. He was a monster. And, and he certainly played like it that day. I mean, he could not miss. It was just one of those games. And, and San Diego State, they threw the ball all over the field, and we just we didn't have any answers for it. So if St. Louis is up 13 to zip, and, or in a football game, when you're just absolutely getting destroyed, do players give up? Do they just, eh, it's over? Can't win, don't try. Yeah, I mean, yeah no, you know, it's not necessarily the mentality it's not the mentality. Uh, it, it, at least, it, you know, it what maybe it wasn't so much way back when. You know, the the mentality was at some point, no matter what the score, you're pay, you're playing for some. You have to play for some sort of pride. And the worst thing you could do is to give up. I mean that that was that 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 was unforgivable. And you, you know, you you couldn't live with yourself if you if you gave up in a game. Like that, I think it's probably a little bit different these days, and the you know culture around the game is a, is a little bit different, and and I think we see that happen sometimes. I think it's you know super super disappointing. I always try to teach that lesson to my kids that it's always worth you know there's always something worth fighting for, and and maybe it's just pride alone that that you you figured out how to get through something the, the best that you could. So I didn't I didn't really sense that that uh in 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 our football teams going through but you bring up an interesting thing and we talked about this a week ago i'm very curious to see how washington state responds because they had a week off and and they've changed their defensive coordinator and that's a team if there's a team with the opportunity to quit on the program after a couple of really rough weeks and a scolding in public by the head coach that that's a team that that might qualify. So we'll we'll see how that unfolds. I'm I'm interested to see what Washington State does moving forward. Frank, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Of course, absolutely. Great to talk to you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Frank.
Frank Dolce, our Ute insider, former Ute quarterback with us, uh, and he joins us each and every Wednesday here on The Big Show. I got to agree with him on Laramie. Although Laramie, I've been there in the summertime when it was pretty nice. But man, Was it I, still brown? It, I, it's kind of a brownish green. So you know, brown. I thought, it was, I thought it was nice if you're into that cowboy stuff. Okay. You know, but come, uh, come uh, snowstorms and whatnot. It's intimidating is what it is. 